This is Calm and Cozy, episode 74. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. Welcome back to my sleepy little podcast. This is part two of When You Can't Fall Asleep. In episode 73, you heard my response to the question, what should you do if you can't fall asleep after a certain amount of time? If you haven't heard part one yet, that's okay. You can go back right now and listen. I'll wait here. In this episode, you'll hear from four of my sleep expert friends on what they think you should do when you can't fall asleep. Each brings their own experience and suggestions to the table, and they're all great. Here's how the question was posed to each of them. Sleep experts disagree on what you should do if you can't fall asleep within a certain amount of time. Some say you should get out of bed and do something else, while others say you should stay in bed. I then asked each of them for their expert opinion on the controversial subject. So, let's start with Tina Kufaro. Tina is a registered holistic nutritionist. She's a former insomniac, and she was a guest on episode 15. Tina is now a holistic sleep coach, and we connected through an online group for wellness coaches a few years ago. Since then, we've found that we have many kind of crazy things in common. You can follow Tina at The Holistic Sleep Coach on Instagram and Facebook and at her website, tinacufaro.com, which is spelled T-I-N-A-C-U-F-A-R-O.com. Sleep experts disagree on what you should do if you can't fall asleep within a certain amount of time. Some say you should get out of bed and do something else, while others say you should stay in bed. So what is your expert opinion on this controversial subject? Now, this is all if you've uh, ruled out other more serious issues, like I know, like I did all the sleeping things. I know that you did too. You went for testing and did all the things, and I didn't get any answers, which is why I ended up going down the path I did. I do encourage people if you've been if you've been tossing and turning for a while to get out of bed. Um, in terms of like the circadian rhythms, it's suggested, especially if it's like after ten or eleven p.m., to make sure you keep the lights low. So if you are going to get out of bed, do something super relaxing and quiet, something that is really going to calm you down, something that is going to um, engage that that parasympathetic nervous system right so i know you love to crochet right so if you don't Mm -hmm. find that stimulating then Mm -hmm. yeah pick up your yeah pick up that you know your latest project that you know that you are really enjoying and under a dim light make sure and that's the other thing like you want to make sure that the lights are dim and you want to make sure that the lights are more at um, eye level so keep the lights dim do something if you can if you enjoy reading and that relaxes you um Watching TV is kind of a controversial thing. Yeah. And if for those people who don't read, who don't have a relaxing um, project that they can work on, whatever, whether even whether it's coloring or knitting, whatever, what have you, this is what I do. If someone is, um, can't find something relaxing to do, 
I used to do this as well, and I found it helped me. If your mind is maybe spiraling, if you're going to turn on the TV, cover your eyes in some way if you have a sleep mask so you don't have that light okay. kind of penetrating you and you know because any ambient light is going to impact your sleep right mm -hmm. so many a night i know i would get out of my bed i, I kind of stumble through the stumble through the, <laughs> through the house <laughs> dripping down the stairs and i would um i would i would turn the tv on and i'd have it low but i would put my sleep mask on and because for me, it was stress related. My mind, I had that, that monkey mind thing going on. And so some, just having that distraction, not being inside my own head, I'd put something on that I've maybe watched frequently, like a million times. So it's not like it's like, I'm not going to put on, I don't know, like, I don't know, like some action film that I've never seen before right. that's going to stimulate me, right? Like something, you know, I have to be smart about these things. Yeah. Um, like the, the newest, um, Mission Impossible movie that yes, you haven't seen yet or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like put right. on a movie maybe that you've seen a thousand times. <laughs> so it's not about engaging um, and really paying attention mm. to what's going on. It's just a matter of having some background noise. Now, mm. the other thing, the preferable choice I would, for me would be like to have some music, something that's relaxing. Um, but for me, it is a big thing to to get out of your out of out of the room out of the out of the bedroom because you don't want to be associating sleep um associating anxiety with sleep and tossing and turning i feel that that can be a problem for a lot of people especially if you do have stress um that's my big one um some things not to do like the lights i i like to discourage people not to eat um, okay. yeah, when they, when they get up, cause that's something that's very common. Uh, people might do that out of boredom or just because they are feeling stressed and worried about going to sleep and to avoid the alcohol, of course, caffeine. Um, right. yeah. Um, cause a lot of people will go to food because it's comforting. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the problem is that can lead to other like diseases and chronic illness. Like, you know, it can get acid reflux because of the stomach acid, right. Okay. That, will increase after you eat and people don't don't realize that so you can be causing yourself some digestive issues without even realizing it um and let me see i think those are some of the main ones like the main ones to avoid like no vigorous exercise of course like you know just use some common sense of things that'll right. really promote relaxation instead of working against it right so <laughs> you know so like no playing loud bagpipes or, I wouldn't get um, out the drums, you know, like I <laughs> engage in like a Thai bow class or whatever. No. Oh my God. Okay. Thai bow. I used to okay. do Thai bow. <laughs> I oh my know. God. Remember Thai bow? <laughs> I remember Thai bow. Holy cow. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Okay. Oh, we'll have to talk about that after. Um, we used to do it just as why we used to do that. I used to be a, um, an early childhood educator and a few mm -hmm. of us used to like go into one of the other classrooms and do it on our lunch. Like we'd have the video and we'd turn it on. It was, it was hilarious. Billy um, Blanks or something you guys made? Yeah, that's, I think that, right. I have no idea. I don't remember how to get to my best friend's house, but I remember Billy Blanks. <laughs> Our next sleep expert is Lauren Dufell. Lauren is a former insomniac as well, who is now an insomnia coach running sleep retreats where she lives in Costa Rica. Lauren and I recently connected over Instagram and have since discovered that we are both Canadian. You can follow Lauren at Coaching for Insomniacs on Instagram 
and on our website at coachingforinsomniacs.com. I have to say that Lauren gave an amazing response and I was so excited to share it with everybody. And then I realized that we weren't recording. <laughs> so now I'm making her say the entire thing over again. But it's just because I want to make sure that she has enough practice at this, right? Um, right. <laughs> so what's your expert opinion on this subject? I'd love to hear it a second time. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> to learn something, you need to hear it more than once. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so my expert opinion on what to do during nighttime wake-ups, whether to get out of bed or not, depends on the situation mm. um and with that i give three options so if you're lying in bed and it's mm -hmm. been i i don't want you to look i don't want someone to look at the clock but if they feel right. it's been longer than 15 minutes or half an hour and you can feel in your body that you're not about to fall back asleep and you don't want to be lying there in bed for many hours so that's why we have these, these tricks that you can use during the night. And the, the first one would be to sit up. So this is the closest thing to staying in bed. You are actually staying in bed, but you're sitting up. And there's a couple options for, for that moment when you're sitting up in bed. The first one is to ask yourself what is in between you and sleep right now. So is it a feeling of too much energy in the body? Is it um, dwelling on the past? Of course, there's a car like with a horrible <laughs> screeching. <laughs> um, are you worried about something in the future? Are you going over a conversation in your head? Are you worried about what you have to do tomorrow morning? And all of that, um, I suggest when someone's working with me on sleep that they have a journal beside their bed so that in that moment, they can journal out what it is. If it's in the form of thoughts, they can journal it out. And then that way it's on paper and you can give yourself permission to make sleep a priority right now. Forget about the conversation that's going on in your head. And you can now set that aside and give yourself permission to deal with it later. And maybe that's tomorrow. And maybe that's not tomorrow. Maybe it's another time. Then the other thing that you can do when you're sitting up in bed is doing a meditation. And some people prefer a guided meditation or I, I give my clients a, a tool um, for doing their own meditation just because if, if someone's open to doing that, then it's nice to not have to open up your phone and find right. a guided meditation and all that. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing about sitting up in bed is that to do the meditation is that you've been lying down for a while you're not falling asleep you need to create a shift in your nervous system so sitting up helps you create that shift and when you're doing the meditation and you start to become more relaxed you can tell when you've started to fall asleep again because your head will kind of nod to the side or you start to fall over whereas when you're lying down and you start falling asleep you often can't tell because when you're drifting into stage one you're still alert to some degree and you still have awareness and you might not realize that you've actually started sleeping but when you're sitting up and you start falling asleep and you're a little bit falling over now you know okay this is the perfect time to lie down again and try again 
So that's option one. Sorry for all the distractions there. Option I think they're two. worse for you than they are for me. Oh, okay. Perfect. Good, good headphones I have in for microphone. <laughs> um, option two, you can do this without turning on any lights. Um, it's just you get up and stand beside your bed. There are movements that I teach that help to reset the nervous system from the stressful fight or flight to rest and digest and preparing you for sleep again. Um, one of them that's easy for me to explain um, without video is, is just to shake the whole body. So you stand up beside your bed. Keep, you can keep your eyes closed. Or it doesn't matter if it's really dark. And then just start jiggling everything. And you really want to jiggle the whole body, like the head and the neck, the shoulders, like jiggle your butt, your hands and your fingers. You can get your calves and your feet and your toes in there. <laughs> and do it for a few minutes. And when you think you've done it long enough, do it a little bit longer and then stop moving and just feel your body. And you know that you've shaken long enough when what you feel is vibrations everywhere as a result of the shaking. And this also helps to relax the nervous system and reset the nervous system so that you're ready for sleep again. If you wake up, so that's option two. Option three is if you're awake and you're feeling really, really awake, and especially if you're feeling hot, then I suggest getting out of the bed because you want your body heat to escape from the bed and the bed to go back to being cool. You also want your body to go back to feeling cool. And if you're feeling really hot, that is actually going to make you feel more awake because as part of our circadian rhythm, when our body is ready for sleep, that's when our temperature is lowest, or when we're sleeping, our temperature is lowest. So if our temperature is really high, the body won't be ready for sleep. Um, also, even if you're not feeling hot, if you're just feeling really awake, then it's better to get out of bed and do something else to reset the nervous system. If if option one and two don't feel right for you in that moment, or if you've tried them and they're not working, then get out of bed and go do something else. And the most common activity to do when you get out of bed that most people will do is to read. And my recommendation for that, especially if somebody's just starting to work on their sleep and they're having a lot of stress and you want to make sure that whatever you're doing when you get up is going to be something really lovely like something that you know there's no surprises and there's no unexpected stressors so um i recommend finding a bedtime book which is often a book that you've already read so you know the story you know it's full of like lovely moments and, and you know that, you know, there's no surprises because you already know the story. Um, that was actually a tool that I used for myself uh, many years ago when I was trying to overcome my own insomnia. Um, I just, I couldn't read anything before bed that was maybe going to be like, you know, a murder mystery novel or something or something mm. that was surprises in it. So I came up with this tool myself because I would just read The Alchemist over and over and over again because it's <laughs> the most uplifting book. But, you know, it's about someone with challenges, but you know that it turns out great in the end. So 
Um, and it's full of all these little bits of beautiful wisdom. And, and I just love that book so much. So when you have your bedtime book, because you already know what happens, it's more like a meditation. And so you can just open it to any page and start reading just for the enjoyment of the book and just for the practice of doing something to, to get you out of your thoughts, whatever was distracting you in your head. You're making your thoughts focus on the words on the book in front of you. And then once you start to feel tired and cozy and sleepy again, then you can go back into bed and the bed sheets are cooled down now and, and it's a complete reset getting back into bed. So those are the three options. And, and if someone is regularly waking up feeling hot, um, then I would have a discussion about hormones and maybe uh, getting their hormones checked. Um, and of course, if they can control the temperature in the room might be helpful as well. And the, the type of bedding, because certain types of bedding, especially more synthetic fibers, will really hold the heat in. And if we're getting overheated in the night, that can be simply enough to wake us up. So That was yeah. great. It was even better the second time. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't record the first one because it, yeah, no, it was great. You know her from episode 68 and her Tuesday sleep tips on Instagram. Dr. Diane Haspel-Johnson. Dr. Diane is a hypnosis and sleep pro, as well as a really down-to-earth and fun person to connect with offline as well. If I ever take a vacation out to California, her couch would be the first one I ask to sleep on. You can follow her work on Instagram at HJ. Now, Diane is spelled D-Y-A-N, and you can also catch her on her website at drdiane.com. My expert opinion on the subject, my personal opinion on the subject is that I think it kind of depends because I think that there are different reasons why we have trouble falling asleep or falling back to sleep. And there are different reasons why we wake up in the night. So um, I think it's a really good thing, first of all, to realize that there are choices and that it's not a one size it's all answer, right? Different people have such a different approach. So I have a tendency, unless it's like a really long time and I'm feeling really restless or I hear people feeling really restless, I tend to, stay, to tell people to stay in bed if that's what they want to do. Sometimes it, it, it feels good to people to get out of bed and do a lap around the, the house or look out the window. <laughs> so that they can kind of get a little bit of perspective. But most of the time, honestly, I've had people say they just don't wanna get out of bed. And no matter how many times people will tell them to, they tend to wanna lie in bed and not give it up, you know? So, <laughs> so I really have found that there are different types of self-hypnosis that people can do to varying degrees that can really make a difference. And, um, you know, we can talk about what some of those things are, like maybe some little tips for the listener. Do you, should, should I do that? Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I mean, so I know if people want to hear more about what hypnosis and self-hypnosis are, they can either go to some of my resources or go and listen to the other episode that you and I yes. did together. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
but they can also maybe just think about this. So what hypnosis is, is it's a type of attentional focus. That's how I think about it. It's where we put our attention and that changes what our state is and our perceptions and our experience. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think when people are having trouble falling asleep, it's either because they're physically uncomfortable or mentally uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Have you found that? Do you hear that? Yes. People? Yeah. Yeah. So like it can be spinning thoughts or people are um, worrying about things or they have their to-do list or maybe they've gotten like just enough rest that their body feels like a little bit like it's, you know, it's like, okay, I guess I can, I can get going again. And then the mind is like, no, no, it's not time to get up yet. Or, you know, so um, sometimes there's like a little bit of a spike in cortisol and we kind of need to reset ourselves. So um, I think with hypnosis, there are different characteristics that people experience when they're in a hypnotic state, either a naturally occurring hypnotic state or like a formal hypnotic state. And um, one of the things that people notice is either a lot of times like a real heaviness in their body, like a weight, they can feel the weight and heaviness in their limbs in particular, or like a lightness and kind of like a floating feeling, like a lifting of weight. (laughs) And so I sometimes like to tell people to play with that a little bit. So when you're lying there, if you're just thinking of your to-do list, I think that that, or worrying about stuff, I think that can make it really hard to go back to sleep. But if you start to maybe notice like the feeling of your, your head and then your shoulders and then moving down your body and your limbs, like really notice the weight of your limbs and how the bed is kind of supporting them, right? It's kind of like a cradling almost, you know? I mean, don't you think it kind of gives that grounding feeling, that feeling of safety when you kind of notice your body in the space and in the bed? And, um, And then at the same time, you can also focus on the lightness of like just maybe even you know, with the inhale and exhale, like the expanding of the chest and abdomen, or like the contracting of that. And then you can start to tie that to like a lightness. So like a lift, a lifting of like some of the weight and some of the pressure. And I find that when people start to focus on their body a little bit like that, in like that, that kind of directed way, it actually takes some of the energy away from the mind and um, those spinning thoughts or that like anxiety about not being able to go to sleep and that then helps them to go to sleep. (laughs) Right. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. I mean, I don't know whether you agree um, Beth, but, or if the listeners agree, but I think like sometimes when people get out of bed and go into the other room and do something else, a lot of what that's doing is it's kind of getting you, um, into a different mindset in a different space. And it's getting, it's like kind of mixing things up in your body. So that's why I think maybe sometimes like certain hypnotic techniques can also reroute the brain and the thinking and get you away from some of those, um, like the spinning thoughts or the pressure. And it kind of gets you into a different zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're you're the first person that I've asked about this who is more on the side of staying in bed and trying to find something to do in bed or like with your brain. 
because that's where I am as well. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I, I agree. And I know, I know that everyone's coming from their own experience and what has worked for them, which is exactly what I wanted because everybody's so different, right? And everyone's going to have something that works for them in a different way um, than, you know, the person next to them. But yes, when you had said about getting up and leaving the room and going and doing something else, my concern with that is now you're distracting yourself and maybe causing more anxiety or mm -hmm. a different kind of anxiety or depending on what you do, like a lot of people reach for their phone or turn on the TV or turn on some kind of news and all, most of it is bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, a, there's so many negative things that you yes. could put in, um, to add to your frustrations. Um, so that's one of the things that concerns me about getting up, but also I have a, diff a very different experience than a lot of um, other people who struggled with insomnia. So, so I love this because everybody's going to have something, everyone's going to have a lot to choose from to try, right? So. Yeah, that's, I think that right there is the key, is, is that it's not a one-size-fits-all solution mm -hmm. and also even for me or for the people who I've worked with, what works sometimes, I mean, people have go-to things, right? Mm -hmm. But it's mixing it up. You know, like, as you know, on my Instagram, you know, and, and in a lot of social media, I have these Tuesday sleep tips and I have like these one to three minute videos. And when I first started doing that, however long ago, over a year ago, I thought, oh, how, how long am I going to be able to keep this up? But I'm, I find that I seem to be able to keep it up for an endless amount of time, right? Because, because I tr myself have tried all kinds of different things and I have recommended a million different things to different people. And even in terms of self-hypnosis, you know, as you know, with my sleep packages, I have like self-hypnosis recordings that are 30 minutes and some that are eight minutes. Um, and there's actually the eight minute one is specifically for if somebody wakes up and has trouble going back to sleep. And the reason that I have like seven different audios in there is because there are so many different ways that we can fall asleep or go back to sleep. And so I just really kind of would say to people, if, if, some, if you try something and it doesn't work, try something else. You know, <laughs> for some people... Even if they know, you know if, they're, if they're told, get out of bed, that's the thing that works the best, they don't want to do it. And, and I'm kind of like you, uh, on the occasion that I, you know, I do have trouble falling asleep, I have to say, I'm not saying I never get out of bed, like sometimes I will, but really, mostly, I don't. Mm. And even when I had really bad insomnia, whatever, 25 years ago, sometimes I would and I would go and I would literally like look out the window into the darkness and I would just like count the lights out there to know that, <laughs> oh, there are other people who are also awake right now. <laughs> but a lot of times I just didn't feel like getting out of bed and like, I just didn't want to be told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and last, but certainly never least, let's hear from Derek Lacey, founder of Dormy's Blue Blocker Glasses, former insomniac turned insomnia coach and host of the Art of Falling Asleep podcast. Since being a guest on episode 70, Derek has become one of my best sleep coach podcasting host business buddies, 
and we share a mutual disdain for melatonin and cheesy stock photography. Follow Derek on Instagram and Facebook at The Life Coach for Insomniacs and on his website, DerekLaceyCoaching.com. Spell his name D-E-R-E-K-L-A-C-E-Y. Well, you know, when we... Answering questions like this is, is tricky because we remove the context of the person who's in bed, what their story is, what their experience is. And if it's even a bad thing that they might still be awake after a certain amount of time, it all depends on, on what their experience of that is. So I think, I think that's the first thing because what, you know, I know what I, what I used to experience. There's this moment, I'm sure you did too, but there's this moment that you are well aware of when you are there. And that is like the, here we go again moment. And there, there's a moment when you're in bed and you realize I'm in a, I'm in the groove toward not being able to fall asleep. Like I, like I'm in sort of like literally a rut and you can't get yourself out of it. And I think that's the moment where you probably should get out of bed. But if you're in bed and you're feeling good, then there's no sense of getting out of bed because there, there's, a, there's an element of shame that sets in. And for many people who are insomniacs, there's a lot of we, we experience a lot of shame from that because it does feel in a sense like this is something that we should be able to do like everybody else. That's the first thing you notice when, when you don't sleep well is that everybody else seems to. <laughs> and there's something that they know that you don't, that they're good at that you don't, that you didn't get the memo on. So when we don't sleep, there's already an element of shame. And I, you know, when, you're, when it's two in the morning, and you're getting out of bed because you weren't able to do that thing, it adds in another level of shame potentially. So there's, there's really a, a lot that goes into that, that question to be able to just answer it with a yes or no or uh, stay or get out of bed. So you're so, not gonna answer the questions, basically what you're telling me. I thought I just did. <laughs> I know you did. Well, so you're saying it depends. It depends on the mindset to the depends on the experience um, the stress and level and the... the decision depends on what emotion is at the root okay and to take if i had to give a i guess a more definitive answer i would i would go back to the scale and like when when i wake up at three in the morning right that the infamous 3 a.m wake up call mm what I do to inform my approach for going back to sleep is I figure out where I was in terms of, of a sleep cycle, where I was in that cycle when I was woken up. Like, am I, am I still, like, am I still asleep or am I awake right now? And so like, did, did the, did a cycle finish and then I'm, uh, I'm woken up. I, I get up not because I need to pee, but I, I, I need to pee because I'm awake and aware. And if, 
I'm starting like from scratch again, then I, I'm intentionally going to slow down. I'm not just going to jump back into bed. But sometimes if maybe I was woken up in the middle of, a, of deep sleep for some reason that I was unaware of, but I, I let's say I shook myself awake. I was an REM and I, I shook myself awake. There's a feeling I have, let's say walking to the restroom. And if I notice that I'm heavier than usual, if I'm sleepier um, than, than I was the, let's say the last time that this happened when I was in between cycles, then I sort of sleepwalk. Like I pretend that I'm, not, I don't want to wake up the grasshopper who's in the mm-hmm. room, right? Like I'm being, um, I'm, I'm, I try to be really stealth not to wake myself up. And so if I had to come up with an answer, it would be how, where are you on that, on that scale? Are you leaning towards sleep or uh, does it feel like you're becoming more awake as each minute passes? So what would you recommend they do if they do get out of bed and do something else? I am a, I'm a fan of, of resetting perspective. So not just getting up and, and doing something, but to just change your, your physical state of being, but, but getting up and, uh, you know, stretching, there's probably too much information for this conversation, but like in the art of falling asleep, it's like uh, decide, balance, release. And so I would go back to balancing. I'd find something to, to do, balance with my, my breathing, do some type of stretch. But what I like to do is look from like the, uh, the balcony view, as they call that, and see yourself in bed and really take a look at the, at the space where you were just laying and picture yourself there going through that experience after you've stretched, after you've uh, done some conscious breathing and really look at yourself from that other balcony perspective to see what's different and then acquire what's different, right? Um, and take that into and replace where you were just laying from that new state of being. So in other words, don't, don't just get back into bed. Right. But do something that changes your state of being and then also mm. acknowledge, have the, the observe, acknowledge how you're different before you get into bed. But you're actually acknowledging by observation. So it's like you get out of bed you look at that space where you were just laying and you're like, wow, Beth, um, I see you there. You appear to be struggling to fall asleep. Um, what is it that you're experiencing there? And, you know, is there something you'd like to, to know or, or hear or feel that could give you a, a more accurate perspective of what's really going on? And then, after you've breathed and stretched or done something else, walked around your bed, you can formulate that answer and then take that information and replace that, that person that was laying there 10 minutes okay. ago. 
you're not on the get out of definitely get out of bed side and you're not you're not on the definitely stay in bed side you're on the uh, assess where you are assess where your brain's at and everything not a definite answer i mean not a, a definite um every time you wake up you can't fall asleep you should do this yeah and and you know sometimes <laughs> the last thing that we want to do is most of the time is think in those moments so to make it really simple are you sleepy? And if you're not sleepy, then don't be in bed. Being sleepy is a prerequisite. I sound like a Elmer Fudd there. A prerequisite <laughs> is it? Yes. Uh, for falling asleep. It's it's really that simple. Mm-hmm. So if you're not sleepy, then then get out of yeah, get out of bed. Get out of Do dodge. Something. But like I'm a big fan of sitting down like when when you're in bed the the tendency is like when we just lie in bed even if we're not sleepy or even when we are sleepy we have this i don't know if you ever watched i dream of genie do you remember that show (laughs) it was like in the 70s you know like genie yeah she would she would do that and we kind of try to do that like (laughs) she did yeah she did that with both under her chin Mm. I've noticed that tendency in myself, right? We try to genie ourselves into sleep. Mm. And there's this like, it, there's this, an effort that's going into it. Uh, so what I like to do is just go sit somewhere. Go sit on a chair, go sit on the floor and have that same presence you do when you're lying in bed, but without that motion, of trying to make yourself go to sleep. And so by just being there in an, a, like on an, in an empty environment without any intention other than just being there, then you practice the ultimate presence and you start to get bored. <laughs> and when you get bored, you get sleepier. Mm. And that's the thing is like when you're in bed lying there, and you're not sleepy, you're not gonna get bored, you're gonna get frustrated. Amen to that. Yeah. That's my church background coming out there, sorry. Uh, A huge thank you to Tina, Lauren, Diane, and Derek for contributing their expertise to this episode. These four human beings are delivering quality content on their social media accounts on a regular basis, so make sure you're following them. They're also just genuinely nice people who care about you and your sleep, and have quickly become some of my favorite people on the internet. And there are a lot of people on the internet. If you missed all the follow them at links and profile names, I'll have them in the episode show notes, so don't worry about writing them in lipstick on the back of your husband's shirt while you're driving. I know there's a lot of information in this one episode, but I hope you found it helpful and can pick up a few techniques that you can try the next time you're faced with what feels like a sleepless night. The main point I want you to leave with is there are options and you can experiment with what works for you. Choose a few to try for now and you can always come back and pick up a few more later. So if I haven't already told you, I have a book and it's called The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep. A recent reviewer called it a glorious guide to better sleep. My grandma called it the best book she's ever read, and she's in her 90s, so she's read a lot of books. 
and she's only mildly biased. You can find The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, at Indigo or Chapters, or just check your local bookstore. Most places carry it online if it isn't sold in stores. Join me in two weeks for episode 75, which feels like it needs some kind of a celebration. Stay tuned for a through-my-bedroom-wall performance by my neighbor who talks into his fan like Darth Vader every night. Or listen to noise as my new shoes make on the pavement after it rains. You know, something really special. Thank you as always for listening. I appreciate all of you and I'm truly honored to be your sleep fairy godmother. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.